Alrighty, hello everybody and welcome back to The Batter, a gaming and variety podcast by me, your hostess, Katie Cupcake. We are on episode 28 this week and we have a newbie and a repeat joining us today for this episode. We have Miss Toki G. Well, hello. And Ren. Shout out to Mr. Cupcake, winky face. (laughs) Which is great, because he listens to the episodes that he's not on. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So yeah, we have quite quite a few things to talk about. We're going to discuss some old Sega games, some things that you should keep in mind when your PlayStation subscription is renewing for the next month. A DLC update, some games coming, and our recap on the Game Awards. Now, me and Toki both watched it. Ren was there live, so I'm sure we'll have some interesting takes. But first, we're going to jump into the best Sega Genesis games. Some of these I disagree with. Some of them... I do agree with that it should be ranked higher. And some of them Toki has never heard of. <laughs> Sorry that I'm a baby, okay? It's very weird because, like, we're not, te- like, it's not like 30 years of difference in age between us, but with the gaming industry and how it's come past these, you know, last 20 years, 20 to 30 years, things have rapidly changed for a good section of it. And so people that were born prior to whatever doesn't you know they don't know these things exist because some of them have never been remade which is unfortunate because I would like a remake of several of these games but anyways let's kick it off with the best Sega Genesis games and the first one that was ranked number eight so the last one in the top eight we echo the dolphin And so I had this game, I had a sequel, I remember playing this game, but I don't remember much about it. (laughs) Like, I definitely had it, I definitely played it, but whether it be age or it not meaning as much to me as other games I played in my childhood, it's lost to me, but you play as a dolphin. And you just kind of wow. explore the depths of the ocean. <laughs> I know I spoilers. Often. <laughs> wow. I know spoilers. <laughs> what do you, what do you do inside dolphin game? You explore. You have to fight Caught against anything? aliens and creatures. Oh. That have mutated. You do with a dolphin. So you're an alien fighting dolphin. So basically. Aliens and other creatures have mutated underneath the ocean, and you have to fight them. And his friends have been kidnapped, and you're trying to figure that out. It's a very strange game. <laughs> I mean, more originality than some games nowadays, though. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, this came out... It's not here. Let me do a quick Google... It came out in 92. 
And so I was like five or six playing it. So it was probably too advanced for my tiny brain to even grasp the concept. But I don't know. It's on the list. I'm sure some of you who have actually played it might have some feelings about it. But I don't have any feelings about it. It's pretty... It existed. I remember that it existed. Which, you know... It's not a Mandela effect. It's not a Bernstein Bears type of situation. And um, the next one, I love. Okay. So Toki said she's never heard of Toe Jam and Earl. Ren, have you heard of Toe Jam and Earl? No, I have not. Okay. It's a really, really weird game. It's basically you play as Toe Jam or Earl and they each have their own abilities and the presence on the map give you different things and you have to it's basically a maze but it was just like really weird and funky with the graphics and you know the the play style um it didn't have save points which kind of knocked it down a couple of pegs because you know, especially as a young person playing it, you're gonna you're gonna fuck up a lot. But uh, so basically, Earl is a peanut, and that means that you're playing as Earl, who's the one, the chubbier one, and Tojam is on vacation, meaning that you're not playing them as them. But you can seamlessly switch between the two characters depending on the levels and what you need to do, because from what I remember. Um, Toe Jam has like this dash ability type of thing and Toe Jam has like the pogo stick and they have different abilities that they're allowed to do. But the graphics were different. It kind of, it is always stuck out to me. Like for a long time I was like, oh, there was this one game where you played as two and I couldn't think of the name. And then it came on the Nintendo Switch online expansion one month. And I was like, oh my god, that is the game! And I tried playing it and just didn't feel the same as an adult. But, still good for nostalgia reasons. <sighs> the next game, I, I... Has anyone heard of this game? I have not. It's, it's very... Castlevania, Metroid, Mega Man type of game. It's called Rocket Knight Adventures. That's what the graphics remind me of uh basically the they said that the levels are kind of copy and pasted so there's really not much to the game per se but you know they compare sonic to it because some of the graphics are similar but that might have just been like i was i was about to say that it looks like sonic and mario got fused together yeah definitely the ground is very very sonic-esque <clears throat> but sonic and sparkster who's the person you play as or one of the people that you play as I don't know, I'm confused, because it's called Rocket Knight Adventures, and there's a Rocket Knight in the picture, but then you have somebody named Sparkster. So is Sparkster the Rocket Knight? Like, I have more questions that I'm given answers to. So if anybody has any information, if you play the game, let us know. And I want, like, a, you know, personal experience with the game, not Googling, because that's boring. 
And don't forget to visit KT Stream to talk directly. <laughs> <laughs> Pay doctor. <laughs> Alright. And I think... I feel like this one was just announced as being remade or something. Golden Axe. I would not know. I don't know. I think it was was a, a re-release title coming up. Was that announced at the Game Awards? I feel like... Yes, there was a segment okay. where they uh, talked about five Sega games where we're coming back. Okay, okay. I knew I, I thought I heard that. Uh, it was kind of like a brief, brief little thing that they kind of threw at us, so they didn't really give much more information than that. <clears throat> what is this game about? Quick power fantasy game to play with your friends after school. Okay, so it's it was a multiplayer game. Um, you are to save the king and queen of the land from the big bad death adder in this case, but there is a lot of fighting and yeah, there's ultimate attack. So basically it's, uh, what's the series called? Like a slash and dash type of game that you can play with friends. I wonder if the remake is going to incorporate like actual multiplayer settings with different consoles as opposed to it being like a a LAN type of game. So I'll have to keep an eye out for more information on that because it's, it's very odd looking. <laughs> I wouldn't have hopes up for online multiplayer cross-platform. Mm, true. I don't. This wasn't like a title I was excited for when I was a kid, but then again I didn't know better, <laughs> so, um, like, I, I personally, just not I prefer Gauntlet with friends. Mm. Gauntlet was more exciting to me than Golden Axe was. I never really played anything with other people until Mario Party and Mario Kart came out. Like, we would take turns playing, like, me and my best friend Katie would play, take turns playing Crash Bandicoot and, um, Knights and, uh, Blazing Dragons. And other games like that, Twisted Metal, we would play against each other, but that was like PlayStation 1 era. So Sega Genesis having games that was multi-people enabled is kind of behind, like before its time, because that wasn't really something that other people tried to do. <clears throat> and unfortunately, they kind of just gave up once it hit a certain point where, you know, Microsoft, Nintendo, and... Uh, PlayStation kind of swooped everyone by storm and Sega was always like the black sheep of the family and they gave up and they kind of just became producers and developers instead of making consoles which is sad but they are come they are back now and they are working on stuff but just a weird decision because they had a lot of good stuff that they were doing but I assume sales wasn't there and the next couple I have not heard of have either of you heard of number four that's listed here? I played number f four and three. Okay, tell us about them. So, Shinobi 3, uh, basically just like Side School or Ninja Gaiden, I think. Okay, I played, I think I played Ninja Gaiden 2. Um, uh, it's very like, dodge the things, kill the person. Okay. 
just a standard fighting two game two <laughs> two game. <laughs> there probably was like more mechanics to it as well, but I was like very young when I played this game. Right, right. Only so much our memories can house. <laughs> I mean, same thing with like Fantasy Star Online. I thought it was really cool, like a a cool like sci-fi RPG. Um, younger kid me. I, I didn't know what I was doing, like, half the time, so, like, majority of, like, my deaths were just, like, I have no idea what I'm doing, but <laughs> nonetheless, it was, like, still a good, like, you know, hour or two, like, put into it, just to, like, you know, experience, like, the sci-fi fantasy. Right. That makes sense. Yeah, it's not one I ever heard of, and I had a lot of titles for the, the Genesis. I think I had more for the Genesis than I had the Saturn. And Saturn came out after. There wasn't a whole lot of things I played on the Saturn. Specifically, I only remember playing two games on the Sega Saturn. Because <laughs> that was also when PlayStation was out. So uh, I had a Sega Saturn and my best friend Katie lived across the street. Still does. And we gave her the Sega Saturn because I was getting PlayStation. So that when I went over there and it was like a bad day out that we couldn't go out and, you know, play outside or whatever that we would have like something else to do in the house that we weren't bothering the parents <laughs> go touch grass as a kid damn oh yeah i i was i was brought up in the streetlight era you came home for dinner when the streetlights came on and then you were in for the rest of the night so most of the time I didn't have to do my homework right after school. For a long time I didn't have to do my homework right after school. I had to do it after dinner. And then as I got older, I, I if I brought any home, because I was, the, you know, if there were spare moments in between other classes, I was working on my homework, so I was free when I got home. Um, if I did have it, I got it done right away so that I could just mostly play video games. <laughs> But yeah, I was I was outside a lot as a kid. There was one instance where me, Katie, and our brother and his best friend Steve were playing kind of like wiffle ball, but it was mostly like what can we throw at this wiffle ball bat that you can hit and what happens if you get hit by it? Mostly the boys did this. And there was a point where McDonald's used to have toys like they might still do them from time to time, but there was one where there was a Hello Kitty that had like a mini toy inside and then stickers and it was just like a plastic thing. It was like a keychain and <laughs> Katie's brother pitched towards Steve and it was a bad pitch and he ended up getting lobbed right in the arm and like he was like for real like throwing a baseball because he was a pitcher so he wasn't like messing around he really threw it like it was a baseball and he literally had Hello Kitty's face imprinted on his forearm <laughs> it was, I got hurt quite a few times myself um but that's what you that's what you want when your kids want you want your kids to go play outside and touch grass accidents occur I was teaching Katie how to cartwheel and she dislocated her knee <laughs> Oh, I know that pain. Uh, yeah, I was just like, yeah, it's easy. You just do this. And, like, I showed her, like, the steps. And I was like, if you don't feel like you can just do, like, the full-on cartwheel, you can just kind of do, like, a... Oh, my God, the name just escaped me. A roundover? Is that what it's called? 
Um, or you can just like practice the movements and I don't know what she did, but we were both doing one at the same time. And then all of a sudden she was on the ground screaming bloody murder. Like the neighbors straight over heard her screaming in pain. I ran to go get her mom and yeah, that was, that was the end of her. She started pitching and she re-dislocated that knee several times as a pitcher. I was her like, I also pitched, so I played other positions she didn't so if she was out for whatever reason I would cover for her but yeah that was that was ugly <laughs> and next we have fantasy star 4 end of the millennium I feel like Sega Genesis having a fourth game installation is actually crazy <clears throat> Unless it was like the sequel, but they named it four type of thing. You know, like um, Goat Simulator 1 and 3. Technically, 3 is number 2. Because mm -hmm. it says that the four, Fantasy Star 4 takes place thousands of years after the first game. But it says it's a series, so... I have more questions than I'm giving answers, but the way that the characters are laid out is very, like, old-school Final Fantasy-esque to me. Travel across the stars in 16-bit. I don't know what I'm looking at in this picture. A ball? Is that supposed to be a planet? Is that an enemy? It's not a lot of context. <laughs> not a lot of context exactly in these older the games. Building, I couldn't tell you. It's well, likely it's an enemy. Yeah, it could be, but there's question marks next to the player's name, so there's like a lot of questions in this thumbnail for this, and I, I gotta move on. Now, this game was my shit. This is number one most played game for the Sega Genesis for me. Streets of Rage 2. It was a side-scroller fighting game. You picked up, you could smash the barrels and you picked up, like in this thumbnail, you see a money bag and an apple on the ground. The apple is your health, money is your money, obviously. And then you pick up weapons, so like your character's holding a lead pipe in this and you just beat the shit out of people. There's so many levels and it's not really hard. The hardest part was probably the side-scrolling camera because it was like old school Resident Evil where the camera change could camera shift could change how you were looking at the level like it changed your mm -hmm. perspective so like this one's like straight on so you go from right to left but then there would be ones where you go like from the top left to the top right and you kind of do a diagonal shape but the level isn't exposed to you until you start moving so the Simpsons basically sure you never played a Simpsons game? I played Hit and Run. Oh, it's kind of like this. Looks like it anyway. Is it just The Simpsons? Just called The Simpsons? I'm gonna yeah, be honest. Looks, like the, looks oh. like the gameplay of Streets of Rage, though. The Simpsons game. Because I've only heard of, of the two... You have... What is it? The Crazy Taxi knockoff game. And... That is the 
the Streets okay. of Rage multiplayer, because in the arcade version of The Simpsons, you can play as, like, the whole family. Um, you, it's a, it was a two-player game, so you could have up to two-player people if it was, because it was an arcade game, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> and then it was ported to the Genesis. <clears throat> it was, it was really good. Like, I want this game to be remade. I don't know. We have another topic to go over with um, other Sega games that are being revived. I don't. I didn't. I like briefly look at the topics just to see if there's anything interesting to touch upon, but I don't read them in entirety because we generally don't. We generally go off on tangents and you know talk our shit. <laughs> so some of these topics we either briefly touch upon and then give our own or we like read the articles and give our opinions mm -hmm. but everyone's heard of the first game that's listed and i'd say it's my second rated game it's definitely the and best out of the series sanic the hedgehog sanic yeah two sonic the hedgehog two and I loved the levels of this game. It This was, you know, Sonic and Knuckles. And I loved the integration of Knuckles. <clears throat> it was just, it's just a game that, like, I don't know, just brings me back to, like, that. this was a game that me and Katie would toss between as well. Because if you died, you would give the controllers, pass the controller type of thing. <laughs> And it's just a classic, and I just feel like nothing Sonic-wise has been able to, like, touch upon that, you know what I mean? Um, I haven't watched the movie. I think we're getting a second movie, too. All I, I remember is bullying, well, not me specifically, but everyone bullying the people who was creating the movie because of how he looked in the original and then they got bullied and fixed it, and they did a really good job. See, this is what bullying achieves. Progress. Why you bully me? But honestly, it needed to be fixed. Like, I don't know what they were thinking, announcing Sonic why, looking why like that. Why give him human teeth? Like, it... I'm gonna... I'm gonna look this up really fast and just discuss and Sonic before and after. And his quills weren't the right shape either. They weren't even... He didn't have quills. He, he had fur. Well, he has fur now. But his head... Like, he was all just, like, coarse hair. All weird looking. And then afterwards, he I has... They were trying, I get they're trying to be, like, go the more realistic route of oh, what are hedgehog actual features? But it's like, it's, that's not Sonic. Right, you can do that in, a like, a movie, like, you know, the the pets, Secret Life of Pets. <laughs> like, you give yeah. me a realistic, you know, hedgehog hair, but, like, a real hedgehog isn't going to be spinning and collecting rings and fighting baddies. I'm going to be honest with you. Hmm. wasn't... Still, I'm not really, like, a big fan of platformers, but mm. for, like, the time that Sonic came out, I thought it was really fun. However, I will say, though, when Sonic Adventure Battle 2 came out, that was, like, the best Sonic game I've ever played, and still is, I think, the best Sonic game. I think, other than Sonic the Hedgehog 2, 
I want to make sure that I'm remembering this correctly. Hold on. I just... Yes, Sonic the Hedgehog Spinball. It was a pinball version of Sonic. And I loved this version of Sonic more than... Eating is just pinball. <laughs> I know, but it was really good. Because it incorporated the characters and, you know, different levels within the pinball maps, I guess we can call them. It was just, it was just really good. I... I played that more than regular Sonic. Because it was like it incorporated the maps that you would play into pinball designs. And it was just, it was just good. Like they did a good job with that one. Also, it was really young. Like these things are going to mean more depending on when you play them, if you play them, etc. Um, I guess we can jump over to the reviving classic games from Sega. And what new games, Toki, do you want to let us know? What new games? Well, I guess it's not new, right? If it's remaking. <laughs> That's weird. Trying to find that link. I don't see it. That was the last one. Never mind. Okay. Run me off with the order here. Yeah, sorry. I've been doing that lately. Number eight or what? Yes. The... Mm -hmm. The Sega is reviving classic games. I think. I think. Two ways to read this article. Free, give your email address, or pay $4. This is rude. Yeah. I Wait, agree. You, you guys can't read it? Nope. Hold on. Let me... Why can I read it? I'm not giving them my email. But they don't have my email. It says subscriber, sign in. Anyways. I look like I read the Washington Post. <laughs> I... I get it free with something, apparently, because I definitely don't subscribe to them, as it says here. Nothing against them, I just don't read news articles like that. Alright, you guys should be able to see it now. I can see it now, yes. Yep. Alright, so we have five new games that were announced... At the okay, so this was the the game awards trailer that was like lightning fast. That was really hard to like keep up with. Um, like here, boom, 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 boom. These are all being remade and brought to modern time. Well, I mean, it depends on where they're in development. They could have just started, so that might all have been like what they had, but they wanted to generate the hype for it. And some of these names. We just named off in the top eight, so who wants to kick it off? What is the first game that they announced? So, is this... First one that they announced, I'm assuming from the trailer, was Crazy Taxi, wasn't it? Whoa! Yep, it's Crazy Taxi. I'm watching the trailer again because I must have zoned out. Here. Also, I didn't realize this was a Genesis game, because I played it on PlayStation. <laughs> I had no idea Crazy Taxi was originally a Sega game. Has there been more than one iteration or port over of it? I don't know. <clears throat> Crazy Taxi was in the arcade when I played it. Right, but I played it when it came to consoles on the PlayStation. So, I'm just, oh, okay, yeah, 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 this is, 
when we go into the Shinobi arcade game and then so Shinobi is another game that they are remaking as well as Golden Axe which we just went over in the top 8 games Jet Set Radio which I don't know what that is <laughs> but Crazy Taxi looks like it's getting a huge part of that remake like they added things to it, was it. The parkour-esque looking trailer okay i know nothing about jet set radio but i heard it's really good and also, that the soundtrack is bopping also was streets of rage even featured in this because i just watched it and i'm not seeing anything streets of rage related which i preferred the one that was listed in the top eight but streets of rage is still good too I mean, they did show off Golden Axe in there. Yeah, I just, I didn't, they saw, they showed off everything except for Streets of Rage, from what I see. Because this is the parkour one you said was um, Jet mm -hmm. Set Radio. I think that it, oh, this, yeah. Oh, it's one, like Streets of Rage. Yeah, the Streets of Rage is right there. So they didn't give much of a peek into Streets of Rage, which is fine. Like, here's some fighting that kind of looks like Tekken, but mm -hmm. a really odd angle. Yeah. Yeah, they gave more light to... That uh, looks like Golden Axe, that last one. Yeah, and then Crazy Taxi is the last, last one. Oh, wait. Yeah, because then they recapped it, and that was the end of the trailer. But the Dreamcast came out, so it went Genesis, Saturn, Dreamcast, and like nobody played anything on the Dreamcast. That's when Sega kind of lost its thunder, so to speak, which is unfortunate. It might, I think it was just when Dreamcast was coming out in relation to the other types of consoles and games that they were offering. And then after that, they were just like, yeah, fuck it. <laughs> We're, we've had it. We've we've had our time. Time to move on. <laughs> Which, I mean, at least they didn't keep pouring money into something that they figured was a lose for them. A loss for them. I was going to say lose-lose, and then it didn't come out. Whatever. They saw that there was no market for them when it came to their consoles after a point, and, but their games were doing well. Yeah. I want, I want to know who the developers of this game was. Hold on. Oh, what the hell is this? Yeah. Is this it? Spot. Yeah. Spot the video game. This came out on a console. Cool spot. I played it on a console. I didn't play it on a handheld. Oh, it came out to... Oh, this one was on Genesis. Uh, it specifically stated Game Boy, and I know I didn't play it on Game Boy. I played it on the Genesis or the SNES. I don't remember which, but this game was really cool. Cool spot. It was like a 7-up-based game. Virgin Games, which is the, the Virgin Mobile <laughs> logo. Mm -hmm. It was a really good game.
Yeah, that's true. I would agree there. And, you know, they can add things. It could be a remake and still add new content, right? So, I'm sure, like, we're still in this nostalgia area era where we're remaking a bunch of old stuff and they just quite haven't hit the mark for me and the things that I want to see come back, you know? But... I'm excited for the possible remake and, like, reflushing out of the very first Zelda game. Did you... I feel like we had this conversation. You never played the original Zelda game, right? I have not finished it to completion, but I played a little bit of it on the emulator on Switch. Okay, but you never played, Which like... Which one was it? The, the first, first Zelda. Legend of Zelda. Which one was that? Was it Game Boy? Legend or was of... it Legend of Zelda? Okay. Nintendo. NES. I see. Yeah, it's it was a very old game. I think the first one I touched was uh, the sixty four one. Mm. Uh, Majora's Mask or Ocarina? Ocarina. Okay. That's where I kind of stopped playing them, because the GameCube came out with a combo pack that had the older Zelda games, and then Majora's Mask and Ocarina of Time, and then. Twilight I didn't. Princess. I didn't play Twilight Princess. I didn't play Wind Waker. I didn't play Breath of the Wild or Tears of the Kingdom. Which missing out on Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom because those are really fun. I have Breath of the Wild. I've just never committed to playing it. Ignore all the side content. Just do the main story. You'll be fine. For <laughs> Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Is that where people get like lost in the game? Yes. If it is that you're struggling to try and be like, oh, I want to, like, finish or beat the game, ignore the vast majority of the side content and just do the main quest. Because mm. I feel like I should experience it since I grew up playing Zelda. Like, that was something my grandmother played. We were all fighting fact, for turns. Fun fact, it's easier to beat Breath of the Wild if you don't have more side content and you just do the main mission. Oh, so it affects your it overall... It scales with how many enemies and your skill level in the game. Oh, so the more side quests you do, the more likely you're to level up and such. The side quests, the more enemies you kill and the less you die, the harder the final fight is. Oh, gosh. Oh. Just do the main quest. You'll be fine. Hmm. I'll have to bring it to stream. Once I catch up and beat some other games... I still have to finish a party for remake. <laughs> I'm the worst. Um, but that was it. We touched upon all the ones that were being, I was gonna say relived. I don't know what is on my brain is on today. Uh, revived, remade. All right, who wants to start us on the next topic? Let's talk about, about the PS Plus Extra Premium Games announcement. Okay. Toki's got a lot of hot take on this, I bet. She usually does have a hot take on at least one of the topics. <laughs> I'm, I'm disappointed about this month's game for PlayStation. Oh, why? This what month being actual them. December, correct? Yes. Okay. 
because we're coming up. So basically this article is telling us to keep an eye on December 13th because that's going to kind of shape where we're at game-wise. But so far, Toki's saying she's not impressed. I'm not impressed because this month, I, I don't, two out of the three of the games this month are not my cup of tea. Uh, Sable is not something that I am avidly going to play. And then there's the Lego 2K Drive. And I was like, okay, cool, racing game. I don't play those. Overwatch Simulator is a, okay, I'll play it if somebody plays it with me. It's fun to wreak havoc on somebody else. Wait, what was those games this month? Lego Sable. 2K Drive, Sable, huh. and Power Sable? Wash Simulator. Sable, S-A-B-L-E. Oh, Sable. I've never heard of Sable. I don't know game. what it is. It's a PS5 exclusive game. Mm. So I can't play it anyways. <laughs> and you can still add it to your inventory and have it available. What do you do in that game? Uh, Unique art style and explore the dunes on your hover bark and, uh, ho hover bike <laughs> and scale <laughs> monumental ruins and encounter other nomads as you unearth mysteries along the forgotten and discover who she really was behind the mask of the person that you're playing as. It doesn't look like a game I would play. It doesn't draw me in by its description. The art the art style is very reminiscent of uh that skateboarding game which a lot one? of people tony, were into tony hawk no. skate pro uh, skater she's gonna furiously google to try and figure out which one she's talking about because <laughs> i played played tony hawk uh, ollie ollie world oh it has a very similar style to that mm. it's just not my kind of thing the the, like the might, description it might of be it a good game i just didn't personally so i'm hoping that next month we get something a little better and that's is what this article is basically telling us to do is that if you have a ps plus extra and premium PlayStation membership keep an eye out on December 13th because it's basically adding games for the rest of the year and it's either going to be really shitty which kind of lets you know what is to come for the next year or it's going to send the year off with a big bang which could be a mixed bag it could mean like there's not a whole lot of great things coming for the next year but basically just keep an eye out because you know there could be a lot of games coming right before Christmas the holiday season where you're most likely going to be getting games or wanting games depending so you know basically keep an eye on that their newest added game to the catalog for playstation extra and premium was super liminal and i was like okay that's a good choice where are we going from there mm, i haven't played super liminal it's on my list for it was on my list for Xbox Game Pass, though. Yeah. And I you could always give somebody a gift of PlayStation Plus because they, like, I know Walmart sells PlayStation Plus subscriptions. So, you know, that's a good gift. You know, they get free games. I don't, there's nothing really else that comes with the Plus, right? Just games. Uh, 
depends on the tier of subscription. Well, tell us more so sh holiday shoppers can get an idea. Standard PlayStation Plus subscription will get you access to some PlayStation Plus discounts, your monthly games, and online multiplayer. So with PlayStation Plus Extra, you get access to a wide range of games catalogs. New and old, mostly PS4 and PS5 games. If you go for PlayStation Premium, you're also getting extra cloud space save too. You're also getting the classics catalog which has a lot of old games although they're missing a lot of games that used to be on the PlayStation Extra subscription. No, not subscription. PlayStation Now subscription when that was still existing. But yeah, they, they got it because we were talking about that on one of the previous episodes because the, the Silent Hill games were on there and I was like, oh, I can play those for stream because I haven't played them and then they announced the switch over and it was removed and I'm like, son of a bitch. <laughs> now and I can't we play. Found out why. <laughs> we found out why they got removed and why Konami pulled the Silent Hill collection. That's because they're remaking their old games. Right. And, and that was on another I episode. See no reason, I see no reason to be removing them from the classes catalog unless it was like you were going to remaster those ones and then resell them. I mean, it's just the same as behavior, losing the license to Stranger Things, because Netflix gaming was a thing, and then now we have Stranger Things back. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Make up your mind. Because it, it's just a nuisance. Like, if you were open to the idea of giving Behavior Interactive your license again, then... Why pull it at all? Because you're not going to make a game that's the exact same Stranger Things game as a, a Dead by Daylight game. Like, you literally can't do that. <laughs> so, it, that was just weird. And the same thing for Konami. It's like, we're taking our rights back for all of these games because we're going to take a years-long process to remake them all. <laughs> like... At least Resident Evil, like, I was able to play most of the originals before I played the remakes or remasters, whatever it was. On PlayStation, like, on PlayStation. It's, I don't know. People are weird. I, I, I thoroughly hope that next month's PlayStation games are a lot better, especially with what's looking to be on the horizon of PlayStation Plus. Uh, subscription prices going up. Everything's January. going up. Netflix is going up. PlayStation's going up. It's just like... Make it worth my money. Right. Like If you're going to up the price, make it worth me paying for. Otherwise, you're just going to lose more customers. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to downgrade come January because I'm like, I have no reason to be play paying for premium at this point. Right. Right. Alright, so I'm going to quickly touch upon the Pokemon Scarlet and Violet DLC that's coming. Um, it's coming soon. I've read the date. Uh, it's launching on December 14th, so just a few days away. It'll be the day after this airs. And basically, Coridon and Maridon are getting a new ability, which allows you to actually fly. So instead of like fast traveling flying to different places... They will, instead of gliding, you'll just be able to fly and give you, you know, more ability in reaching different places. But it also gives you 
a new storyline to follow because you're going to be playing in the Blueberry Academy as an exchange student and it has like different activities and new quests to undertake within that. And I really loved Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. It was, I played the, I've played every single Pokemon game, but I didn't really play much of Black or White. I didn't really play much of Sword and Shield, but then Pokemon Scarlet came out and, you know, Mr. got Scarlet and I got Violet and we both beat the game. And we, when I was there visiting him for his birthday, we filled out our Pokedex and, you know, we, we played the shit out of it. We were shiny hunting. I got my shiny Hapini <laughs> and my shiny Eevee and it it was a lot of fun. So this might actually be a DLC that I look into. I wasn't really a fan of the other one that got launched a couple of months ago. Doesn't really just wasn't really worth it for me. But they, it looks like yeah, September we got the expansion called the Teal Mask and our second DLC is the Indigo Disc. So Maybe I'll I'll follow back and get the teal mask. The other issue is that we didn't want to buy the DLC because we're still finishing our Pokédex and things. And once you do the DLC expansions, it expands your Pokédex to include all of the Pokémon from different regions. <clears throat> and we didn't want to like overburden ourselves. But it will allow people to uh allow creatures the ability to fly at any time which was helpful because there are certain creatures that are flying that are hard to get down on the ground and so this will kind of give you a better advantage of catching flying pokemon and it, you just get to see the the beautiful land of paldea because there's like a huge map and they put a lot of work in it neither of you played pokemon right like the latest one yes, no. Yep, I played the latest one. Which one did you play? Violet or Scarlet? Uh, I think it was... The red or the purple? <sighs> one second. I think it was Violet. I want to say it was Violet. Who was your... Do you remember who your ride on was? Was it the ancient dinosaur looking one or the futuresque Tron looking one? Definitely was the futuresque Tron looking one. Okay, so you had okay. Violet like I did. Uh, how do you feel about Pokemon DLCs? I don't really care for them, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. Like, I I enjoy, like, the base game, but then, like, I just feel like there's so much of a grind to, like, because I like to do competitive, and so, like, I mm -hmm. wanted to try doing competitive Pokemon, but it always just feels like you have to dedicate a lot of time to, like, getting all the stats, like, to the max level, and all that, yes. I, and I know they have like simplified like breeding and, and stat things like that recently, but it just still feels like a very much of a grind. And and to be honest, it's kind of like kind of isolating to play like Pokemon by yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I didn't enjoy it by myself until me and Mister started like actually playing it together, and we would do little battles or we would do the raids together, or um. We would just be like in each other's games catching Pokemon, looking for shinies and stuff, and it made it really fun. There is the aspect of breeding for better stats still there. So your top-tiered Pokemon, you do have to breed. I mean, you can get lucky with just catching one off the rip, but 
most likely in, you know, abilities play a huge chance in it too. Like there is, you can do an ability switch, but that doesn't come until later. So it's mostly end game things until you can start really building the Pokemon that you want. But yeah, I had friends who would consistently like play Pokemon like a lot. I would consider like getting DLC, but to me, it's like never consider it. I've never, I've never considered buying DLC from Pokemon. Well, it's an interesting thing when you're in a like a in a relationship too, and you both play the game because then you both have to buy it, and you're like, do I really want to spend the total amount here to get this little bit of game? And that's why we steered away from the September one because it just wasn't worth both of us buying it. Yeah. And then, you know, that's you know another aspect of it because if you're playing with other people, then depending on where you're at, like, you know, we we all kind of, like, buy things for each other as in a friends group, right? Like, we'll gift you a game to play this with me, or, you know, we, we'll look on the lookout for free things so that we can play together, and that's a huge part of DLCs. And for Pokemon, it's nice. The game came out a year ago, and, like, most people beat it by the end of the year, right? Like, I took, I didn't get, I got it for Christmas as a surprise gift. I played it when I was there visiting him. Then I didn't really play it until I was there visiting him again. Like, I'd, pl I'd pick it up here and there you know, between work calls and stuff, but it just wasn't really something I gravitated to unless I was playing with him. Now, old me, playing older Pokemon, played the shit out of it by myself. Couldn't get me, you know, away from it. So, it's, it's funny how those things, like, kind of kind of change depending on where you're at and it could be the opposite some people might like prefer playing the solo games by themselves now and they love the idea of dlc but that's why there's a game out there for everyone and not everything needs to be for everybody there's enough people playing pokemon that the dlc will definitely do well but it's just meh how much is the dlc uh, let me recheck. I don't want to give the wrong price. I'm going to make an estimate. $50 American Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, close. So... $34.99? No, that's a hidden in... No, that doesn't make sense. Um, What was this one called? The... Something disc. Oh shit! What was it called? I closed out of it. Well, the teal mask will look at DLC costs. Yeah, so it was thirty four ninety nine. Okay, so basically you so you pay for the hidden treasure of Area Zero, and that includes the two DLCs. So you're getting both of them for thirty four ninety nine. American. Oh, that might be worth it then. Cause, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's not terrible. Two DLCs with a price of one? I'll take it. And it's still it's half the cost game. of the regular game. So gonna get it drilled into all your heads, start thinking in Canadian, and then things aren't worth it for the price. <laughs> Let's see, what is that conversion? At a whole extra roughly $10 more. Yeah, it's more. Forty-seven, forty-four in Canadian. 
Plus tax. Yeah. Definitely not. That's crazy. Alright, which topic do you guys want to talk about next? We have the best farming games or some f games coming to Steam. Yeah, the best I, farming I games? We should do the farming games first. Yeah. Okay. Number, is this going like number one is the best or the worst? I think it's just telling you that these are the top ones. Okay, so it's not really rated, it's just letting you know which ones. Never to... listen to a game rant rating, okay? Oh yeah, that's true. I don't ever. <laughs> but I was just, I was just kind of curious, depend like how they were structuring this, because it's not their normal structure for listing things off. Stardew Valley is listed as one, and this is a game that everyone's been playing. For years it came out on my birthday in 2016 I've had it since then I literally got it as a birthday present to myself and it's gone through a lot of changes and updates and I can't wait until Concerned Ape comes out with the new game that he is working on have either of you played Stardew Valley I have not <coughs> yep Do you like farming games, Togi? Like, I know you play Minecraft, but I wouldn't consider that a farming sim. Or I play Minecraft, I play Disney Dreamlight Valley. I like okay, there so being that's... other things aside from just the farming. And this, it does incorporate that. You have fishing, you have the mines, you have building relationships to unlock different recipes for cooking. You have different cutscenes that you unlock dependent on your relationship with them. You also have a museum that you fill items with so it's definitely dreamlight valley-esque in that um it's also mm -hmm. multiplayer which is fun i have not tried the multiplayer function out yet it's <laughs> it's interesting because you don't like you know how some games tie you back like if you want to go somewhere the other person has to because you're playing in the same game Stardew Valley doesn't incorporate that, so somebody could be working on the farm and somebody else could be out foraging or fishing or in the mines or whatever. So I love that aspect because you're basically, you kind of speed running the process because somebody can take care of the farm and forage and the other person can do quests and, you know, find things, unlock things. Yeah, but how does the relationships work out? Or do you have, like, two different relationship meters? Yes, all of your stats are different. So you both... So, like, if you and I were to start a multiplayer game together, we would both get the initial introduction quest. It doesn't stack, so whoever you meet doesn't count for me. So you... Okay. So we could be fighting for the same person. I see. To marry. <laughs> Which would be funny. Um, I did, when I was doing my collab with Bad Wolf Rose, we played Stardew Valley together, and that was, we most, almost passed out the first day, so it was great. <laughs> we lost track of time. Uh, the next game is mine. Man. <laughs> Say that again? Did you fight over the same person? We didn't get that far. We literally played a week in-game. It was a, like a two-hour stream. 
this time time goes fast in game but it also goes slow like two hours in real life was only seven in-game days i mean that also depends on like we were both getting like scatterbrained and you know uh distracted and just doing random shit so there's that aspect of it too like so generally you want somebody who has like a semblance of like a clue of how to keep you guys on track a little bit to you know like I was kind of doing that like I was just like okay we need to do this and then she was like paying attention to the farm and just like clearing up the farm and I was doing quests and trying to get us money and stuff because each upgrade is going to be separate too because you each start with your own your pool of money can be separate or together and if it's together obviously you know one person can just buy everything and your upgrades are going to be separate like i'm pretty sure if i were to buy the backpack uh, upgrade for myself it doesn't count for you so you would need double the money to get that unlocked for both of you but you're also able to get more because you have two of you being able to do things so one person can like i say you know water your plants and go off foraging and finding all the shit on the map that you can sell for money and once you get your rod you can go fishing other person can start working towards the mines getting the rewards for that um unlocking the community center and expanding your options so it's definitely worth it uh it's i don't think it's cross play I don't think it would. I don't think it is. No, it's not crossplay. Which makes sense cuz one dude coded it like he did enough. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a lot and he's working on a new game too. Um Next time is my time at Porsche. My time at Porsche. I played this one. I didn't really play it for very long. It, it was cute. It was just another, you know, you start on a farm. It was more expansive. Like, this map was really huge. I had a hard time navigating, finding where I needed to go. Like, it was really nice looking, but it, it was, like, too big, you know? Like, That's the map what was... she said. <laughs> it's not what he said. <laughs> that's what she said and I said and that's not what he said <laughs> oh, okay. and my time at Sandrock is the sequel to that right so I haven't played this one I was watching Bales play it it does look like they've upgraded quite a few things from my time at Portia to my time at Sandrock but I have not played it myself let me see how much it costs because there's another game that I've been looking at, Coral Island, but that one costs $30. But you, like, get to go, like, diving in the sea and stuff. And it was, a, like, it was really cool. So, I'm like, do I want that one? My time at Sand Rock is $40. So, it's a pretty steep price, to be honest. What is the next one? Harvestella. Has anybody heard of this game? 
I have. I haven't played it though. It doesn't. It doesn't look like it belongs in this group of games. Just outright from the thumbnail that we're given. Like not in Square a bad way. Game, just it? is a what? Square Enix game. Uh, Livewire. Livewire, really? Okay. Mhm. Mm it's. It, that's what it looks like, though. It looks like a JRPG. But it My says. My kind of game. Yeah, right. But it just. There's real time action. But you do the same things that you would do in the other farm games changing seasons, growing crops, and befriending the inhabitants. But this game just looks like it was more combat oriented. Some potatoes. Now go fight some monsters. <laughs> Throw oh, a potato yeah. off their head. <laughs> <laughs> um, Craftopia, I've heard of. I haven't played it. This I haven't is... heard of it. Haven't seen it. See, nope. there's so many farm games, and I... so I started playing Stardew Valley again with Bad Wolf Rose. And I just started playing Fay Farm, which I love. And then I've also started playing Wildflowers, which is also awesome. And I'm like, I don't have enough time for all these cozy games. Because each game, like I said, is very slow to, like, progress. And, you know, I want to... I really enjoy Fay Farm. I'm really enjoying the story in Wildflowers. Fay Farm is good... I haven't really gotten a lot of story. It's basically kind of like Stardew Valley where you're just kind of thrown on the island and there's whirlpools so you can't get off. Uh, Disney Dreamlight Valley I've also started. I haven't been able to like pick up. So it's hard to... I have to. I have a lot of uh, catching up to do on <laughs> Disney Dreamlight Valley though. Like there's been a lot of updates. Yep. The next game is Sunhaven, and the graphics remind me of Stardew Valley for some reason. It looks very cute. I haven't heard of it. It's the standard build a farm of your dreams with rusty tools that you upgrade, growing crops, raising livestock, crafting items, mining ores, and defeating bosses. This place is called Sunhaven and it's been struck by dark magic um it looks cute I don't know if I can add like I want to play it because oh so this one is a life simulation and RPG so this one is a different oh wait Harvestella is a JRPG that's weird it's a simulation JRPG it's weird that it's on this list but and Fae Farm is number seven, and I've been playing the shit out of it. I really love it. You get to cast magic. The graphics are all very cute. Your character makes cute noises. The only qualm I have is, like, my character reminds me of Toki, the way that, like, she talks. <laughs> and it's not rude. It's cute. I picked it. I was like, oh, that reminds me of Toki. But... My qualm with it is the selling mechanic is really weird. Like, you have these tables in the middle of Town Square that you put items on. And the next day, it they all sell. But, like, 
once you max out the table, that's it. Like, you can't upgrade. I do have a stand on my farm now to sell from as well. But you have to be really picky and choosy about what you sell. Which is unfortunate because there's a lot of items that you can forage in this game. Like, a lot. And your shed storage for your farm is infinite. But, like... It takes you a long time to unlock new things, so basically you'll just be storing shit for, like, ever. <laughs> but it's very cute. I highly recommend it. It's only available on PC and Switch. But definitely worth it. And then we have just a quick couple of snippets of games that are coming to Steam. One of them is coming to Steam, Switch, and console soon. It has been described as Hogwarts Legacy meets Stardew Valley in a beautiful new farming sim. So yet another game for me to maybe add to my what, what's the word? Repertoire? It is called Kitori Academy and basically it's reminiscent of wildflowers you're you get to train as a witch or wizard in academy really train your magic skills so basically you get to train as a witch or wizard while also like having a farm and harvesting foods and stuff to you know upgrade your potion brewing it's very cute looking i really enjoy the the thumbnail art it's very intriguing. I love the mystical magical games as well. That's mm. always a plus in my book. Like if you're integrating anything witchy or, you know, magical, then sign me the fuck up. What's the name of the game? Katori Academy. Never heard of it. It hasn't come out yet. It's it's coming soon. I highly recommend you try out Potion Permit. Potion Permit? Potion permit. Oh, permit. <laughs> yeah. Let me let me look at it. It's a Stardew-esque like, but it has like um kind of like semi Dark Souls gameplay elements to it. Like you can dodge, which is kind of fun. Um, I think there is a stamina associated system with it as well. But like you you play this alchemist who comes to this rural town, and you're like. Um, creating potions to mend the ill while also like rebuilding your place and making relationships with the townspeople it's a yeah. very fun game looking at Private this limited. you get to diagnose symptoms that's kind of cool you get a canine companion yep no <gasps> it's been added to my wish list on steam Ooh, you get like a a tetris type of game to put... that is part of the potion <gasps> that's the potion process yep super fun Ooh, yeah, it's definitely something that is up my alley. All right, and our last uh, Steam free is a free download. And before we dive into our recap of the Game Awards, is a free download. It's been described as Studio Ghibli meets Zelda Breath of the Wild. And I kind of agree. The, like, people... Is very Studio Ghibli-esque, but the scenery is definitely like open world Legend of Zelda. Mm -hmm. And 
Europa is the name of this game. You go on a charming, uh, charming action adventure that loves nothing more than the player to explore. And you are living on a lush terraformed paradise in Jupiter's shadow. An android named Disease sets out in search of answers. Run, glide, and fly across the landscape, solve mysteries in the ruins of the of a fallen utopia, and discover the story of the last human alive. I'm intrigued. As you travel, you'll gradually upgrade the capabilities of your Zephyr jetpack, boosting yourself further through the air until you can flow freely into the sky. And so you can download the de uh, demo for free. And the game is slated to come out for a scheduled release date of April 16th, 2024. Only being announced on the PC currently, but obviously we're all hoping for it to come to consoles as well. And um, that brings us to our last topic, which is... The Game Awards. Now, I watched it on stream this weekend. Well, I watched most of it on stream on Saturday and re we finished it in Discord on Sunday. Toki reminded me because she asked me if I saw it and I had like a really crazy week and I just kind of went to bed and I was working during most of it, if not all of it. So I rewatched it and Ren was there. And alright guys, hit me with your top takeaways from from the game awards. I I was really what's the word? I was impressed at uh the developers of God of War that with God of War Ragnarok coming out with a dlc and that it will be completely free of charge and i was like okay that's a lot of content that you've just made for free didn't expect that to be something true is there anything that was announced for any of the announcements that got you excited or was there anything that stood out to you for any awards that were won that you were like, what the fuck? <laughs> Persona 3 Reload. Let's go. Oh god, that looks so good. And then the other game from Atlas 2, oh, that also looked really good. That also looks really good. They announced Persona 3, 4, and 5, right? Like remakes for that Those one? already out. No, those or, those have been out already. Well, there was something, unless they were just like building up hype to you know Persona get it. Persona three and four have remaster ports to newer consoles. However, okay. three is getting like a proper full on remake to bring it up to the modern systems that Persona five had. As it deserves. Yes, it does. So I take it both of you played the originals then? I have not, but I have watched other people play it and I enjoyed it. My first Persona game was the third one. 
I think it's the best one. The story is very, uh, just, I don't know, just mind-blowing and just really good, in my opinion. I haven't played any of the Persona games. It did look nice, though. What was, what was the open-world game that was multiplayer that we said that we wanted to play? Uh, um, some, okay. Send my DMs. Hold on. One second. <laughs> I think I know what you're talking about. Light No Fire? Ah, yeah, that looks good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think it was by a No Man's Sky developer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and so that actually looks really fun. If, if this is, like, going to come out, like, how it said mm. it's going to be, yeah. uh, I look forward to vast exploring and creating with Toki in a world like this. I look forward to the Minecraft-esque kind of building, and then there's dragon riding and co-op. I'm like, yes. I'm excited for that. Yes, because I wasn't, I didn't really enjoy No Man's Sky, but that interested me. I'm just hoping that they're not, that they're not over-promising like they did with No Man's Sky when they first announced that. So I'm just like, fingers crossed, it looks really good. I didn't, I didn't play No Man's Sky. Did you watch anybody play it or anything? Nope. Hmm. It, it was, like, my take on it was Subnautica, but space. <laughs> I didn't really hear anyone talk about it. Um, I know that there was a lot of hype for, um, what's that card? Starfield? Mm -hmm. And that was, like, yeah. to me, it feels like it flopped pretty bad, because I don't hear anyone else talking about it anymore. Apparently it's not as bad as people say it is, it's just not as good as other Bethesda games. I mean, it, it was also like the so same thing with, a Bethesda game. Right. With, uh, what's it called? Um, like Cyberpunk, that that one, like best okay. ongoing game. I haven't heard a single person play talk about I'm Cyberpunk. Sorry to say, but how is that considered an ongoing game when they've released their one and only DLC for the game that has now completely overhauled the game system? Yes. Yeah. I agree. No, not going to my my take on that mm -hmm, my take on that was it should have been the best comeback game because it was a shit show when it first launched and they've really brought it like completely around. It took them way too long to fix it. <sighs> yeah, like for the longest time I thought Bethesda was in charge of it. Like that's how bad it was. Project <laughs> Red, the developers of The Witcher. Right, which is unfortunate, but. I like there was games that weren't even included in that category that should have been like Minecraft has actually been actively putting yes. updates into their game like once a year big substantial updates that you're either adding a bunch of blocks to expanding the world adding new mobs adding new things or changing how things work and that wasn't even on the fucking agenda it, w it wasn't there. I think I think it was when the voting was an option. I think that was one that we could vote for at home. But somehow it didn't make it. And I'm like, who the fuck is voting for Cyberpunk? Because it's not an ongoing game. No. Okay, but, but how many people do you know, like, vote for Minecraft? Like, you know what I mean? There's so many creators out there that actively play Minecraft as a full-time job. 
with know, but where, where millions of people like following him. I believe it was on the Game Awards, like, like their page. Or I think I think I found about out about it via Twitter. But that's the thing, like most of these people who do it as a job, they don't care to make it enough people know about it that they don't care to be like, oh, we need to vote for Minecraft because they stand alone on its own. But I still think it should have been on there. I mean, to me, it just seems like a, um, you know, it's just accessibility to like this voting thing. Like I know. Yeah that Steam had one, but there are other platforms that people play these games on that don't necessarily have the ability to, like, vote for something. Right. So I feel like there's just, like, a very, like, a very low scale, if you would, like, to what it could be in terms of, like, a voting system. And it's but... been going for, what, 10 years now? Like, next year will be their 10th anniversary? But it's also, too, like, you know, who's gonna do it, I guess, is, like, the big question. And, and like... Yeah, who's going to sort through all those votes? Well, I mean, if it's online, then at least you you go through, like, you know, a Google Sheets, and it just tells you, like, the majority voted for this one over whatever. But, I don't know. I wasn't really... really... Go ahead. No, go ahead. From the nominees that were in the group for best ongoing game, I Cyberpunk should not have been what won. Yeah, and I've I've talked Apex. with other people about it. Apex was weird to me because there's other and, battle royales. Like there was Apex, there was Final Fantasy fourteen, Fortnite, and Genshin. Any of those I wouldn't have had a problem with, but Cyberpunk was the outlier. Yeah, when they announced that and then it won, I was like who paid who because it just it wasn't adding up for me you know I'm actually really surprised with Fortnite I am excited like, about the new thing that they're adding the racing aspect yeah the the Rocket League racing that looks like fun I was watching um, two player Slayer play it on stream after it was announced and it looks really fun I cannot, for the life of me, figure Rocket League out. Like, I know all the controls, and I know how to do things, but these motherfuckers be up on, like, the ceiling doing shit, and I'm like, how how are you doing that? Like, my brain can't comprehend it. But, like, it's just, like, a Forza-esque type of racing game where you can play against your friends or, like, bots, I think. Like, it's like Mario Kart. I'm into it. The, the music from Rocket League, though, is great anyway. So, mm -hmm. like, having, like, a really legit racing game on top of that, I totally would be down for that. Like, th that actually might make me download Fortnite again to play. Because, like, I, I got into, like, a, a section of my streaming life where I wasn't really playing with other people. And I realized that, like, I enjoy... I enjoy mixing it up like I, I enjoy doing half and half and so having more options of games to play with other people is always nice and a racing game is fun because you like even if you're playing with other streamers it's still something that you can interact with your viewers you can have your viewers like play with you as well and it's it looks like a lot of fun a lot of shit talking will be had 
pretty much the which is normal anyways. There are no friends in Uno? There are no friends in Uno. I miss playing Uno. Oh my gosh. Monopoly I have Monopoly. <laughs> yes, I have Monopoly on my Xbox. Although, is me and Monopoly? Mr. played Game of Life 2. That's really oh, fun, too. God. There are no friends in Game of Life. There's no <laughs> friends in any online multiplayer game unless you're on the same team. <laughs> I must have all of the bonuses for knowledge, love, and happiness. Thank you very much. Oh my god, I kept beating him for that stuff because I, I just had like better rolls. And he was like, son of a bitch, you took that one for me. He's like, that's alright, I'll keep this one. And then like at the end, I just happened to overtake him. And he was like, well, what the fuck? <laughs> I love that game. And Battleship is fun. Um, I would love to play more games like that, but it's the issue that none of them have crossplay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I am fortunate to have been able to move my PlayStation over to where my PC is and my Switch. So I do have more opportunities to play other games with other people now. Um, it's just my Xbox that I don't have room for over here right now. Yeah, and I'm about to pour more money into a console just so I can play with Toki. Right. Alder's Gate! Oh, that's not crossplay? Not yet. No, not yet. It, they said that they were going to work on crossplay integrations after it dropped for being available on the Xbox and Xbox Series S. Mm. Which it had now has since the Game Awards. That that was something they were supposed to announce, but they got shooed off the stage by this big old screen that said, wrap it up. <laughs> yeah, that music that they're playing to let them know it's oh. time to cover it, like, you know. Sorry, but like, the last it was... award of the show, yeah. let them talk. Yeah. Like, they were like, we gotta keep it moving, and they were like, rushing people, and it's like... What is the point of a awarding people awards if you're not going to let them, like, talk? Okay, so let's, from from the ground view, like, actually being there, let me tell you my experience, okay? Okay. So, first off, okay, have you been to a concert before? Like, how much are concert tickets for, like, a person? I mean, it depends on where you're seating, but anywhere from, like, 50 and up. Okay, so I didn't pay for my ticket. My friend, she got tickets, but she didn't realize she bought two tickets, and then she couldn't refund them. So each ticket is, like, roughly 400 bucks. Woo! Yeah. I didn't know that until, like, I looked it up, but each Game Awards ticket is 400 bucks. On, on top of this, the seats in there, like, there are a lot of empty seats. Like, I don't know how it looks on, on Twitch or whatever it is, but there are a lot of empty seats. And there is actually a line they outside really show that is for the, the crowd of people. They just only when they were zooming in to like, yes, yeah, there's, yeah, there there are like seat filler. There's a seat filler line outside of there. So I don't know if that's like a free thing or not, but you definitely probably could get in if if it's like a free thing. Just stand there and like wait to get like assigned a seat. Um. Anyway, so and it's so you you don't really get a whole lot for paying that much to go in to see this thing, right? Like, it's sort of 
it's at the Peacock Theater in LA. Mm -hmm. uh, they closed off a street to like do this too, so you can't really like. I don't know where the nearest parking structures are or whatever it is. I I lifted there with my friend Makes just to sense. save me the time and energy with like having to like park somewhere and then walk there and all the extra stuff with it. It just was worth it to like pay like the 30, 35 bucks to like Uber there and then Uber out. So oh, like 100%. seven in total. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so like, again, you don't get any good, any good like goodies with it as well. You just like are paying for the seat basically. Um, I was in the row double A, and that's like the twenty fourth row. If I'm going off like by numeral letters, yeah, I was gonna say you're um, fairly close. Yeah, so, um, you know, I was like to the right, literally, like, like um, a block, uh, uh, like a, a block of seats, like away from like the "please wrap it up" sign, which I oh I looked my to my gosh. left, and I was like, "What did that say?" It said, "Please wrap it up." Like, oh, <laughs> that's kind of cool. Oh my um, gosh. So, I mean, don't get me wrong, like, the 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 musical performances, seeing oh, those in person, so good. were, like, stream, like, forget it. Like, seeing that in person was really cool. Like, unfortunately, I didn't have the greatest view because someone's head was, like, kind of blocking the view for me a little bit. You but, could like, tell that from the pictures. <laughs> yeah, but, like, you know it's you know you're in the room with all these celebrities you're in the room when like this like music is like booming and it's like a theater like mm -hmm. sound systems like blowing up in your ear um the, the fire like works and stuff like that were on the stage it's a really cool experience was it worth four hundred dollars though probably not um yeah like a t-shirt even like you know what i mean like yeah. something but like i don't know like it was cool to be in the same room as like Matthew Mercer or Zed. None of these people, which I'd ever think of meeting them in real life, but to see mm -hmm. Zed like you know twenty five seats down on the stage from me was really cool to experience. Never in my life, but I thought I would be in the same room as Zed, or like uh, the creator of Metal Gear Solid, or uh, Jordan Peele, and things like that. That that's like mm -hmm. beyond me. Yeah. Although I, the only person person missing was Pedro Pascal. And I know! What the hell was that all about? There's a lot of people who didn't, like, oh, they couldn't be here, and I'm just like, mm, couldn't or chose not to be there. Yeah, but anyway, so, um, I think there was, like, food and refreshments at, like, the beginning. Um, you could, like, stand in line. The, the million the million like yard line for refreshments and probably pay like movie theater prices if not higher mm -hmm. for for snacks yeah. and whatever um but yeah like you know so i basically saw like everything you guys saw mm. but just there in person and then afterward like it's just you know you, you want to beat the crowd going out so mm -hmm. like literally as they were like wrapping it up with the last speech i was already like making out the door <laughs> right that's how I am with concerts, too. I'm like, okay, last song, let's... I, we didn't leave. We were, like, we left our seats and we were at the corner, like, where stage was. Like, for example, we went to the um, A Day to Remember Blink-182 all-time low show. And they were performing their last song at the Xfinity Center in Western Mass. And basically it's an outdoor venue that has a bunch of like seats 
and we left and there's like a path on the outside and we were at the top of the path where next to the stage I was also having a, a PTSD thing going on so I had to get fresh air and get away from everything but I was like I need to get out of here and by the time we got to our car because it was quite a long walk everyone was like flocking out and we were like get me the fuck out of here because <laughs> it was gonna take so long to get out of that parking lot otherwise and I imagine it was the same there because it's LA there's already traffic <laughs> yeah I mean literally like right as the show was over like we walked a little bit like maybe like a block or two to like the nearest hotel and I normally like whenever I'm like lifting or whatever it is, I just go to like to like a hotel or something, and like lift from there because it just makes it so much easier rather than just like oh let's stand right in front of the venue where this thing was at. Like you'll never get out of there like ever. Mm -hmm. Um, but like you know, recapping all of it, um, it was a very fun experience. I would recommend it like once maybe in your lifetime if you can afford it, but definitely I don't think it's worth four hundred bucks for a ticket to get mm -hmm. in there. Um, you definitely could, like, spend that money on games or another, on date night out with, like, your significant other or whatever and totally be, like, you know, make it a home night thing or whatever. But if you do do this, like, highly recommend you have other things in your agenda as well. Like, I don't know, if you're coming out of state, like, go to Disneyland or something while you're here. Yeah, that's that's true, too. Can we can we agree that the most odd thing during the whole game awards was the the advertisement for Discord? Yeah. And all of the non-smoke like the all of the don't smoke advertisements. I'm like don't vape. I, yeah. I mean, I get it, but at the same time it was like this very weird placement. I I It was like it slap you in the face you. advertisement. Yeah, like, I find it very hard to believe if, if you are at the Game Awards show and you don't know what Discord is. Like, I, I feel right. like Discord is such a big part of gaming nowadays where this is, like, the main source of communication line for most gamers, unless you, like, use, like, um, Once Upon a Time, that was, like, called, um, oh, it eludes me. I mean, like, people, do people use Skype still? I don't use Skype. Uh, it still exists. <laughs> I can't imagine people use um, Zoom for video games. I mean, maybe they do, but I haven't seen it. And nothing works as well as Discord. Like, no. when Skype was at its peak, it was still terrible. I think MSN Messenger was better than Skype. <laughs> like, beginning Skype. Skype might be great now, but Discord is definitely where it's at for not just gamers either, but just like a community of friends. Like you have movie night or you just hang out and watch something or just hang out and talk or you play something together and you have Discord up so you can have comms or, you know, it it just makes sense. Um, I know developers would use something like Slack, but it's not really useful to the average Joe. Did I maybe use Vent? Use Vent. <laughs> sounds like some Among Us thing. I was going to say, that's pretty sus. It, it, it's like, I think it's called Ventrilo. Like, I use that and something else, like, once upon a time for, like, World of Warcraft rating. But I haven't used it ever since then. 
only ever been Zoom and Discord for me. Yeah. Um, Skype I used. Well, I mean, I'm in my 30s, so there were, there's been some time shifting. I went from AOL Instant Messenger to Yahoo, uh, like, and using Yahoo Instant Messenger and MSN Messenger, and then into Skype, and then... I used all three of those at once. All four of those at once, maybe at one yeah. point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was like, this friend doesn't have this one, so you have to download this one. I didn't understand that either. It's like, what, you can't, download like, download, like, do, download, like, oh. Skype. Like, you're going to stick to MSN for the rest of your life. Okay, you're like the four friends I have mm. in MSN versus, like, the hundred I have in Skype. I literally had a singular friend. Well, I, over time, it downloaded or downgraded to one friend that only had Yahoo Instant Messenger because their computer wouldn't take the other ones. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> but, yeah, I generally had all of them up unless like I wasn't if I was like having like a date where I didn't want to talk to anybody and then I wouldn't have any up until somebody would be like I want to talk to you can I hop on here and I'm like okay but I'm offline so I'll message you when I'm there <laughs> just call me at that rate um I had a little I've always had a lot of online friends so like for instance Yahoo and instant messenger friend she lived in Wales oh Wales <laughs> yeah and then uh, I had a lot of friends from Gaia online that I would talk to on Messenger a lot of those friends that I still have today some of my longest lasting friendships kind of kind of crazy like um, Wolf McNugget N Sean he's from Gaia I've known him god fucking like 12 years or some shit more it's it's weird my best friend Casey, I've never actually been able to meet her in person, but we've been friends for, God, I, I became friends with her at 15, I'm 33, so, like, it's a long time. Like, it's weird, like, growing up with them, because we went from, like, being in high school, to her going to the Navy, to getting married, to having kids, and, like... I, I've seen all of that happen just like not in person so I think discord is really great for like yeah. everything you can do everything on discord like you do not need anything else you can but school districts block the IP address of it Um, the musical numbers for the Game Awards, like, I cannot get enough of the old gods of Asgard performing Herald of Darkness. I've literally watched oh, it so many times. Best part. When Which one is Herald of Darkness? Uh, the ones that did the song for Alan Wake. Okay. The developer went up and danced <laughs> with them. Yeah, so apparently that number is actually in the game. Probably. There's a musical part in the game. Helping. Yeah. So I really like the first performance, though, honestly. So I liked it, too. I forget what language they were singing in, but, like, the main... the You're talking about the lady who was, like, blindfolded? Yep. So I really enjoyed that, too. It's just I felt like there was a lot of up, up, up. Like, there was a lot of building, and then it never, like, 
it never hit that point where it like came down and like the beat the beat hit you know what I mean like it was just like a lot of build up and then it was over and I was like no I want more <laughs> I think it was probably more like an aspheric as, as sort of thing because mm -hmm. it was Empire really Kingdom. like like raising my hairs on my arms when I was in there listening to that and like the whole like people in front of you with the fire and whatever it's just so like hair rising yeah her voice was majestic like amazing um the final fantasies final fantasies final fantasies when do they ever disappoint on music really oh my god that was great okay that was but the one I... with that one dude who kept switching his instruments out right like he was fucking jamming yeah. <laughs> he had three different things he had the flute well, he had he plays so many different woodwind what, instruments. What, what was the one that he was standing up playing i don't know the name of that instrument it's another type of flute I, to I know you guys didn't see like all of him all the time on stream. But <laughs> watching him the whole entire time was so funny. I could not tell you. Like I just from the brief glimpses we got because of how they did the video, like he was fucking jamming. Like he, he was, was jamming in it, man. <laughs> Everyone else was calm, just reading their music, you know, concentrating. He was like, oh, I'm gonna get there. Like he should have been a part of the Alan Week too. Because he was just like in it. Yeah. Trying to think of the, if there was anything else that really stood out to me. All in all, I definitely enjoyed watching it. There was. I wish there was more. I don't know. I like shows that have, like, you know. The mini shows inside of it so like the musical numbers were really good it really broke up the show because it was three and a half hours long that was broadcasted i don't know how long you were there for i was there for the whole time so how many hours did you end up being there probably the, the whole, the the whole hour amount. yeah it's amount of time. Mm, yeah. okay i was there I was before live. yeah i was i was Sitting in there texting Telki live while it was happening, and I also also sending me photos. Yeah, sending her <laughs> photos, and I was there before like the show even started. Um, and uh, I also Telki broke her immersion when she saw Matthew Mercer on screen. Oh my god, that was that was the worst <laughs> thing ever. It's like I see him on the Game Awards about to like be like, oh, here's for the nominee for this thing or like whatever. What was it for? Playing a new game, right? Yeah. And at the same time, I'm watching on Twitch. Critical Role, which is his D and D channel, is live and he's DMing, and I'm like, this this is ruining my immersion. This is a pre-recorded episode. This is live. <laughs> yeah. Um. Matthew McConaughey coming out and not doing his line broke my heart because he came out and said whatever the fuck it was and i was like no it's supposed to be all right all right all right and he was just like i know you're always waiting for me to say all right or all right but i wanted to do something different and i was like you motherfucker i was not expecting to see him there honestly that was so I, yeah. random i agree that it was random too but it was the good guy though. who plays um play he plays the main character in um the car the apocalyptic car um, game. I forget what it's called. You mentioned it at the start. Um, Me or Toki? Me Twisted Metal. 
That guy oh, got on stage. So I I loved him. I had, I had never like really had seen him like. Oh, he was in Captain America, ever. right? Yeah. Okay. On Avengers, yeah. yeah. Super funny guy. I really liked him going on stage. I only get I so many cool points with my it. sons. Yeah. Um, so that was my questions I had because I haven't really looked into the Twisted Metal show. Is it based off of the games? Yeah, the clown is in the game too. I'm sorry, the clown, oh. the clown from the game is in the show as well. I've already watched the first. The first episode's free on Peacock, by the way, if you want to watch it. And there's like three advertisements into the whole like show of the first, uh, the first episode. So highly recommend watching it just so you can taste, get a taste of what it's like. Um, but out of the Game Awards, there was something I actually am looking forward to. Like not as much as the Persona Three remake because like nothing will ever get that high for me in, in the new Persona game that's going to come out on top of that. But um, the uh, behavior first person oh, casting game, of Frank Stone. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. I that trailer was amazing. That. Yeah. Well, all of Supermassive's games have been bangers, so I expect this to be a good one too. But I like that it's bringing oh. us some of the like lore aspect of the universe that all three of us know pretty well at this point. Yeah. When I saw what was like the killer character pop up, I was like, oh, this is going to be a new skin on Trapper. And then they called him a totally different character. I'm like, okay, so this is a new character. I thought it was like, <laughs> I thought it was going to be the knight, but like when it was the shadow and yeah. then he was a welder. I think that was a welding mask anyway. He probably is going to be a new character in game at some point, I think. I would imagine. It's a new character and it's not ending up as like a skin. Yeah. I think if they're making a whole game out of him, he definitely deserves his own, you know, light. But, but also to throw a little bit of shade, I, I hope that Behavior doesn't fuck this game up. Like they do with Dead by Daylight sometimes. Well, they luckily, have no control super, over this. Yeah, super massive. creative control given to super massive. Oh, thank God. Just that they're working yeah. with behavior upon like building their lore into its. Life. Okay. Yeah, they're building the lore entity lore. Into it. Behavior game decisions questionable at times to be fair they have come a long way in this last couple of months with what they've been doing yeah i watched some of those chucky games i wasn't oh, very so impressed <laughs> let me tell you i was not very impressed i don't know like don't chucky was done really well that's I, I i hear a little bit of mix of both but yeah I'd say it looks like he's more fun to play than he is to play against. I'd say collectively it's one of the colors that they of colors, sorry. <laughs> I was looking at different colors for something. <laughs> well, I, I mean I get he's small, but you know, people play Victor on the twins. Like, I don't see what the problem would have been for him to have like first person view as a small character. Yeah, I I don't I didn't really have any issues going up against him, but I definitely can see where that might happen. Um 
feel like Victor just has ever so slightly more, like, notification with, like, his noises to know that he's coming faster than Bucky does in his stealth. Yeah, if you're, then like, again, a silent is Hidey hole mode is definitely something that... Oh, I hate it. I hate like, it. Like, how are you supposed to, like, you know, deal with that? It's like, you know, Scream, Scream, or Ghostface, like, you know, you, like get some sort of sound, I think, when he's, like, staring at you, or whatever it is, or there's just, like... He has sounds from his cloak that you can hear. Yes. He's yeah. a little more visible. But if you're, like, a tiny-ass doll-looking thing who's also silent, how are you supposed to know they're coming? It's not, Most like... you hear is a chuckle and then, rah, he's coming yes. at you. Yeah, like, I don't know who is running, um... It's been so long since I've used that perk. Deja vu? I scared the scaredy cat one. Oh, spine chill. It's changed. Spine chill. Yeah, it's it's changed. Did they take it back? Spine chill is so. It's it's not really useful anymore. See. It lets Upside. you know the distance at which they are looking directly at you. If you are behind an object, it will not alert you. Yeah. So what's the point? <laughs> well, I mean, they nerfed exactly. Dead Hard. They've nerfed Made for This. Just nerfed I'm okay. Survivor. Okay. I'm okay with Made for This. Like you know, gone or whatever it is. Like, I'm looking back for the days where Spine Child Resilience, Iron Will, and one exhaustion perk was a thing. I missed that. that. I missed that. So, there, there's a lot of people in the community who are trying to... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Petition? Petition, yes, thank you. For Iron Will to be brought back to what it used to be. I would love yeah. that. Because there seems to be, like, no... Sorry, I don't frizz this off, like, topic of what we're supposed to be talking about, but, but like, yeah, there there is no stealth, really, mechanics for, like, survivors, real really. Unless you're running um, off the record. But and, even then... Yeah, it's, it's limited. Yeah, very limited. Matter of, can you be stealthy on your own without and, ever being discovered? And I'm kind of really sad that, you know, they got rid of, like, you know, the good thing about Decisive Strike, because um, it's like, you know, you're, like, I get why they did it, but also, too, it's just kind of like, but if you're constantly camped by a killer, and you have no way to, like, really escape him because mm -hmm. he's running, like, obscenely strong perks or whatever it is, um, it, it makes the game kind of unfun. Like, they removed the hatch, which I think is much bull, mm -hmm. um, just because, like, your team could be really bad, and to like to be like a survivor doing like really well, you you you've like ran the killer for who knows how long or whatever it is, and you have Entire no option. game. <laughs> yeah, you have no options to like really escape except to like play the door, and that's all you're doing is playing the door. I I feel like they need they need to bring back hatch plays so long as it is that you also fix the broken key and make that like something a new mechanic like where you can actually repair it and then it's like a one time use for a one survivor out through the hatch. Yeah. Yeah, like, the broken uh, key being nothing doesn't make any sense to it's me. It's a terrible item. Like there's no point for it. I you can't it's... tell the difference between it and a normal key in the lobby. No. There I, used I to be. If you, um, if you did, like, a three, like, escape point, so, like, if you're doing the hatch with the key, you need to, like, do a certain, like, code input or whatever it is. Yeah. Or through the door, like, just so there's, like, a good mixture of where you could be instead of the killer just 
you know, goes back from point A to point B, and those are the only two options you have for escaping, or just waiting at the time to, like, screw with them in terms of time. Yeah. I... I've learned a lot of things that have changed over the years of me playing it that are, have been questionable. Decisive Strike used to be pretty much... As far as I remember, any time you were down, you can use it, like, before you were hooked. So you could just basically, <laughs> if you had it and you hit your your uh, skill check, then the killer just <laughs> shit out of luck. Um, I do agree that it shouldn't just be once per match. It should be both times that you were hooked, especially with them integrating the anti-camp mechanic that goes away. Mm -hmm. At endgame, I don't think Decisive Strike should go away at endgame. Because theoretically, if somebody gets saved off the hook as a killer, you should be wanting to go for, you know, the person who saved them. Because you're most likely going to get somebody else as opposed to the person that you just downed. Just because of all the other perks that can be run. Like, for example, Borrow Time, and then you have Off the Record that extends that endurance, and then... There's is other things, so I just I don't know. Noed used to be like a non hex perk at some point too, so like every killer used to run it when I played back in the day. Because you know it just existed. Um, old ruin, I feel like was a lot stronger. Old ruin was so much better. Although you I could cheese know, it. Nowadays, yeah, you could cheese it. Anytime, anytime I come across a killer that runs Ruin, I've noticed that the survivors never go and try to find and cleanse it. Most Even of the time they don't the have to. That... No. But at the same time, every match that I've played where Ruin is in play, some way, somehow, no gen progress is being made because we keep getting pushed off of the gens. Yeah. I just missed the chases. I miss oh, having yeah. really good chases. I miss that too. I was screaming like the whole time, and Toki's just like doing something. I'm just like, help, help. I miss the chases too, because they're just not the same anymore. Well, Even with good perks. At this game? I'm not anymore. Yeah, there was a there was a turning point, and I can't tell you at which point it happened. That I also noticed. I can tell you. Okay. The 2.0 update. What Fucking was... when there was like Trickster was introduced or uh, Michaela was introduced. In fact, I think Boons ruined the game. I think it was before that for me. I think it was like when, well, at least it started when was the Blight came, came out. Trickster? Oh, you're asking for a lot. Onryo? <laughs> Question mark? Somebody Google it. <laughs> if it was on Rio, then I'm gonna have to say that because I feel like after she came out and then everything started to be like changed and then they're like making tweaks here, there, here, there. It was like, oh, there. Yeah, she was a lot of fun to play as and so, against. So powerful and annoying. So Nemesis was released right after Trickster. Okay, well, Nemesis wasn't a big problem. Nemesis has always been meh. Then Cenobite, and then Artist, Unreal. There Dread. it is, Cenobite. Absolute, I hate that. <laughs> like, 
every time that I end up in a match against a Cenobite, I am like, I want to disconnect, please. I don't like Plaything. I, I, yeah. A lot of killers have been playing Plaything or using <sighs> Plaything lately too. I don't appreciate like them having an automatic like, they're silent, can't know where they're coming from, and then gotta go find this totem. Mm -hmm. I used to run. What was it? There was a perk on that I ran on Legion that would then make me silent to them when you hit them. Oh. Everything uh, has changed so much. It's, it's, I can't think it of was, it. It's a hex perk. So say say what happened again? Uh, you hit them and then they become oblivious. my game up just to find this out <laughs> i know that retribution changed from when it was originally released i couldn't tell you what it originally was <laughs> um undying obviously changed which it needed it hex third seal yeah, I ran that. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was like, I just had to go through all of them in my head really fast. That... That used to be a really fun perk on Legion, but that was during my... Sweaty days? Era. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. really getting back real quickly, but did... Did... So... What was it called? I forget who was the, the creators of the finals, but I had never heard of the finals mm -hmm. before. It's definitely like the, um, <clears throat> an Apex, Leg Apex Legends like competitor. It's obviously a battle mm -hmm. royale. Never heard of oh, it until I, I actually got it there. Did, have any of you like seen the finals? I have not. Yeah, okay. I've seen a couple of people streaming it, but I haven't like popped in to see what it's about. Yeah. Um, another probably one that wasn't really, like, touched on at all was probably uh, Den of Wolves. I'm actually kind of excited to, like, see what that game is like. Because I did play GTFO, and GTFO is a very difficult shooter <laughs> um, with a lot of, like, aspects of it. Like, you have to be, like, silent, and you have to kill, like, enemies at a certain time. Otherwise, you, like, uh, invoke the wrath of, like, a horde of, like, really difficult enemies to, like, kill. Um, it is a very extremely hard game. I do not recommend playing GTFO if you don't have patience to learn and to, like, get down the environment. Um, however, the game is a lot of fun. Um, if you, like, are able to, like, learn all the mechanics and stuff like that. Um, but Den of Wolves, I think, I think it was, like, going to be, like, a more, like, Payday-esque type of game where you're, like, mm. going in to, like, rob something or something like that. But um, nonetheless, like, it looks really cool when I saw it. Yeah, I, I don't think that it, I don't, I'm not sure. As I play Payday and I enjoyed the like brief aspect that I played, but also it's not a game that I would be like, oh, I need to have it. Like if I got it, I'd play it, but it's just, um, one of those things I'm just like, eh, maybe. 
but I don't think there's anything else for me specifically that I can think of right now that like pop popped up as something that I was really excited about. Oh, the Final Fantasy. Oh, Final Fantasy Seven. What the fuck was it called? Oh, the remake. Weaver? The, the one, the, the one with Aerith singing. Yeah, that should be. I haven't even played the first part of the remake. I haven't beat it. It's really good. I'm like. I enjoyed it. I probably, as soon as I get home, I probably will continue playing it with it. Playing it. In fact, I might start streaming it. I don't know yet. Ooh, Ren, come back to stream. Eventually, <gasps> as soon as I finish up. I think I will be coming back to stream. Yay! Um, I played the original. The original is, has been, always will be my I'm number one favorite to. game. But I haven't beat the remake because... Like, I was like, once it's done, it's over, and then I don't have that anymore. But now we have the Crisis game, where you get, like, the prequel, and you you get to play see... Zach. Yeah, play as Zack, you get to see Sephiroth, you get to see Angel, and... I forget his name. I was watching somebody play it. I was like, this looks really freaking good. And I was just like, wow, like, they literally just copy-pasted cloud and zach they look the same except for a different hair color <laughs> like their personalities are very similar and everything it's crazy um but what the hell was the final what was the Aerith game that was just announced final fantasy 7 rebirth rebirth i knew it started this with... is just part two to remake but it it's it looks so good it looks so good i'm not prepared because I know what happened in the original seven. Listen, we're never oh. prepared. It never should have happened. It shouldn't be a thing. But no, but it is. It is. We love us some Aerith. She deserved better. I think it was in like the Nintendo Direct. Um, but I remember like this Pokemon game with like guns in it. Did any of you remember oh that? God. The Axolotl game? Sure. I wonder when that's coming out. When the Axolotl called. game came out, if that's the one you meant. We touched no, upon thanks. it. We touched upon it in one of the previous episodes. Pal World. Oh, okay. Adding yeah. that to my wish list. <laughs> uh, yeah, Pal World. I just look at the creatures in there, just Pokemon that have been slightly altered. Yeah, it's it's their little look. Looks like it'll be a blast. Get to <laughs> shoot shit. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, any any lasting thoughts? Uh, Hideo Kojima wearing red shoes and and uh, channeling his inner Izuku Midoriya was <laughs> fantastic moment. A lot of people showed up wearing like weird shit, and I'm like, oh okay. There was like there was clearly a disconnect between the outfits. Like some people were wearing like things that would make sense for their universe and game and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like they emulated their Those characters. Yeah, they emulated their characters a little bit, and then other people were just like. 
suits and all posh and just. Alright, so Asterian's voice actor was wearing like a Japanese s sort of like I don't know I want to call it a suit, but just clothing wise, mm-hmm. I was in love with it. I want a set for myself. He was in his feels that night too, especially that um the last speech that he gave. How does so many martial arts? I do think though, like in terms of like the award ceremony, they could have like kind of condensed the amount of times people are up on stage, um, throughout the night in some sort of way, like announce like the same you know winners with like you know for what different like categories they won in instead of making them go up like several different times during the night because it was kind of really like kind of i don't know it was kind of just very lackluster to hear the same person go up like several times to give like you know the same speech they gave before mm-hmm. yeah and also, they could have saved themselves on time because, like, you had the host who was rapid firing like topics, and then we got into like this long drawn out thing. And it, it definitely, there's definitely things that they can improve upon. I, I mean, in a way too, like, I didn't see the point in having two different hosts. I guess. Because, like, there was, I think it was Sydney Goodman at the start. Um, she was really cool. But then, like, it went to this, like, other guy who I don't even know, remember his that name. Was Jeff, that was Jeff Keeley, who is the person who is the showrunner of the entire thing. <clears throat> Whoops. <laughs> anyway, so, I mean, I just didn't see the need for two different hosts. But that's just me. I think that they were just bringing bobs into it. And, mm-hmm. like, they didn't really have a lot of screen time. I mean, this, the second guy, like, he did. But the, the first girl, she was just, like, rapid-firing off, like, these small awards. And then, like, she was like, oh, here's a world premiere of this. And then it was like she was gone, and then she came back for, like, a sentence at the end of the show. Yeah, pretty much. How do you feel about her uh, statement about that her favorite holiday in December was the Game Awards? I felt like she was just chasing it up. I'm into it. But if it's true, good for her. No. Like, no shade. I just, I don't feel... I feel like she was trying to be funny and be, like, the funny host. And there just wasn't enough time for her to kind of give us that impression. You know what I mean? She made a persona joke, and I kind of hated it. (laughs) I really hated it. Like, it was a good attempt, but I hated it. Yeah. Uh, um, I feel like they could have integrated them together in a better way. Like, they should have been hosting together. They they shouldn't have been, like, separate. But I feel like the because he's the creator of the Game Awards, he wanted to have most of the limelight on him. Which is just like I don't know, like it's been. Oh, can years. we can we talk about like the little gay moment on stage? Oh, which one? <laughs> the part where um, I forget which guy it was. Um, he was like, "Oh, you look so good in your suit." <laughs> <laughs> oh. Did you not see that part? I did. I did. <laughs> okay, 
I was like, wow, wait a minute. What's happening on stage? <laughs> they just breezed past it. <laughs> uh, probably didn't know what to say to it, to be honest. Like, oh. I, I couldn't tell if it was real or not. And I was kind of hoping it was. <laughs> Pretend that it was then. <sighs> I don't know. I'm just like... Overall, there was a lot of stuff that I'm looking forward to now. Yeah. Like what? Obviously, Persona Three and then, Hell yeah. And then and then Metaphor Re Fantasio from the same people. Hell yeah. Looks so good. I'd say. Mostly, I'm just excited for Persona Three because of uh, IU. In it, but okay. Saw you as Akihiko. Mm -hmm. I'd say I think the game that I'm most excited about would be Final Fantasy VII Rebirth with some of the remakes that got announced. And also the Game Awards show made me want to play Alan Wake and Alan Wake 2. <laughs> I tried to play the first Alan Wake. It just wasn't my type of game. Don't get me wrong, it's interesting and it has a fun, cool story, but I'm just like, I couldn't sit myself through that gameplay style. Did you watch the second one? I have not. Okay, the, the first one is a bit rough. Like, the mm -hmm. camera, oof. Well, I but know. I, I highly, I, I, I'm kind of wanting to play the second one because it looks a lot better than the first one. I mean, they also added a shooter aspect into the second one, so yeah. it got me a little sold. I will consider it if it goes on sale. <laughs> I hear ya. Yeah, that that's a big part of it, too. Not shilling out $90. $90 hairs. Never mind. $80 plus tax. Oh, 90. Yeah. All in all, I enjoyed the show. I think that if I were to go to it, I would definitely be planning like a lengthy um LA trip. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, all in all, I will probably still keep going back to playing the Herald of Darkness song as well, because <laughs> it was just damn good. Any other things before we... End the podcast. I'm good. I got nothing. All right. Well, be this... sure to check out Katie's stream at Katie Cupcake on Twitch. Go check out all of her other socials as well. Drop her a follow, add a like, comment, subscribe, and also do the same for Run in Toki. Yeah. Don't forget Twitch.tv Toki Ghoul two one nine. And twitch.tv 
slash Renu? Or you run? <laughs> Have you changed it to run? No, my, my Twitch is Tokigol219. <laughs> <laughs> They're not going to be able to watch you if you start streaming again. It'll <laughs> be <Yes. laughs> fine. He's just killing you to come over to me. I'll let you know when he goes live. Hell yeah. Or just be in Toki's Discord because she has going live notifications for her. People. Uh, Alright, anyways. This was a lengthy episode to kind of catch us back up because I know we took a couple of weeks off and last week's was kind of like on the money normal time. But I hope you guys enjoyed it. Thank you so much for Toki and Ren for joining me on this week's episode. I loved having you both. It was a nice surprise that Ren jumped in and joined us. They already said all of the good things about commenting, liking, subscribing, and sharing. We are trying to get some um, sponsors on the podcast, so... Make sure you share it when you listen it, to it, because the more people that is exposed to it, the more likely we are to have those opportunities and to expand the show some. Anyways, that's going to do it for us. Thank you again for joining me. All of their information will be linked in the description box below. And no, there's not a mistake down there, believe me. It was necessary and required. And yeah, that's going to do it for me. Good night. Mwah. See ya. Bye.